0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendike. So I want to show you a picture. Uh, I saw this on our Facebook feed this morning. It was too good not to share. This is from one of our good friends here at the Vineyard, Donna. She shared this to one of her group pages, another way that just we've seen the love of Jesus continue to envelop uh, people. And uh, the funny thing after this was posted, of course, everybody started to identify with different characters. So somebody says, I'm the one way to the right, you know, Fozzie Bear. And uh, somebody says, oh, I'm the top left, right, which would be animal. And I was I was looking at this and I think either the genius of Jim Henson, the Muppet creator, is that I find myself identifying with all of the characters, even the chicken, oddly enough. But uh, I I show this to you because uh, I was actually in a school play in seventh grade and I played Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol. And I got my inspiration from one of those old codgers, uh, the guy with the mustache, to play Jacob Marley. And uh, well, I'd kind of like, to sing you one of the songs from that. Uh, uh, so I'm Jacob Marley. I'm talking to Scrooge. He says, I wear a chain, a heavy chain. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, I, just so you know, I, I partly exist now to embarrass our worship pastor, Tyler. And so when I, when I do stuff like this, I don't do it ahead of time because he would tell me or he'd say, like, you're not actually going to do that, are you No. Okay, so back to it. I wear a chain, right? This is Jacob Marley, a heavy chain chain. It's wound around my soul, a chain of sin and vices that I could not control. And then he says something really interesting in the song that I still remember. And this was a long time ago. He says, repent your crime, repent in time, or you'll repent in vain. If you wait until too late, you'll never break your chain. And that's one of the things that we've been talking about in our I'm not okay series. We've been looking at uh, an old way of being, and or but we want to turn toward a new way of living or being. And the old way of being, which we'll read about in Colossians 3 once again, is, is a heavy weight, it's a chain. And so the idea in the series I'm not okay is we want to break the chain of vices that we can seemingly not control, right? and turn toward Jesus. That's what repent means. Turn away from this and toward, turn toward this. And what we mean by this is the way and life of Jesus. And so to enter into this transformational space or uh, continue on this transformation journey, which is, by the way, lifelong, we must first have an awareness of what we're turning away from and how those vices have taken root in our heart. And one of the really cool things, uh, if you're in a life group, is we've been sharing our stories. And one of the things I've been so struck by is somebody who shared their story in our group didn't just talk about the pain that he experienced in his life. He actually went a step further, and this was super courageous. He talked about the pain that he caused other people. And I think, wow, here is a young man who is so self-aware, like he has had a radical change in his life that he puts Jesus at the center of, away from like a, a, a wake of relational wreckage. And he would admit to anybody, I am still in process. I still have a long way to go. But when I see him, he is living into this new identity of love and kindness and mercy and patience. And so, I mean, that's, it's just the power of hearing stories, but also the power of telling our own stories as we take a step towards self-awareness. Again, the pain we've experienced sometimes comes back and hurts other people and causes them pain. And so it's, it's, it's just so vitally important that we continue in this journey. And I'm going to read now, it's, it's a pretty long passage from uh, Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Paul says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Remember, head and heart. Think about the things of heaven, that would be head, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking where? Within you. So these are the the desires. This is the heart stuff that kind of leads us to to the doing stuff. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language, right? Those are the things, the behaviors that come out of the heart conditions. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him, right? We say that we want to love like Jesus. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us, which is a statement about unity. Uh, Not a statement about being the same, or believing all the same things, or coming from the same places, but with those differences, coming around the person of Jesus. Verse 12 Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, these are heart conditions, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are all called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as representatives of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So I want to start, and this is maybe a little bit of review, but uh, you see how there are these heart conditions, that lead to actions, both uh, on the old or sinful nature side and the new life or the new nature. So these heart conditions of like greed and idolatry lead to rage and and lying. Uh, One of the places we lie or deceive is maybe on Facebook, where we're only presenting ourselves to be a certain way. We're only giving people the highlights, right? but it's so it's a little bit more subtle, maybe, than just like overt lying sometimes. It's presenting yourself in a way that you're really not. But then on the other side, the new life that Paul here in Colossians is calling us into, there's a different set of heart conditions like kindness, love, and peace. And this leads to uh, it's really interesting. He says making allowance for other people's faults. Uh, there's this community element where you don't let other people's faults really. Get to you or irritate you. You make space for them. You make space for people who irritate you or who are like just legitimately, like working through some some stuff in their life. Uh, It it leads to forgiveness, and the 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 main thrust of how you get from uh, there to here, from the sinful nature to the new life is actually not about behavior management. It's not about sin management. It's not about trying really hard to stop doing this set of things and start doing this set of things. It's actually about what happens in the heart. And the beginning of this change is with the new identity that Paul says God has chosen you for. He says, who you are is God's people chosen to be holy and that God loves you. Those are identity statements. God loves you. That's first and foremost. But then chosen to be holy. Here, holy means to be set apart or to be different. So the way we live in the world actually should look different from someone who doesn't have the life of Jesus in them. Now, that's actually still review from last week. But now the question is, how do we root ourselves in this identity And that's where Paul goes, I think, in those last few verses where he begins by saying, and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Maybe you never saw that as the thing that helps you move from an old way of life to the new life. But what we see here are actually four pretty simple uh, spiritual practices or habits that are vital in helping us change. Uh, He says, first of all, be thankful. This is a habit that you can form in your daily life that little by little changes you into a different type of person. It sinks into your heart. Let the message of Christ and all its richness fill your lives. And also sing songs. And uh, Oh, and connect yourself in community. It says this really interesting thing, teach and counsel each other, right? So this is not something that can happen by yourself. Now, this might begin to sound like uh, another list of things that you must do that lead to change. And it is true, I believe, that the reason he brings this up is because habits form your heart. Habits form desires, and this is true in the spiritual life. It's true in every area of life, though. The habits you have in your life actually have this effect on your heart. So if you have the habit of going to the mall, I know not lately, or shopping, or perusing tech news, what that's going to do to your heart is it's going to make you want or desire the things that you're seeing. Because the advertisers, the shopping malls, the very way that stores are laid out, are telling you a story about what it means to be human and where the good life is. Uh, we talked about, the me- or Paul talks about the messaging uh, of, of Jesus, like rooting yourself in the good news about Jesus, not just letting it fill your head, but filling your what? Filling your lives. It's because when you do these spiritual practices over and over again, the, the habits form your desires. A lot of us are getting most of our messaging from perhaps a daily check of the news, right? And so depending on where you get your news, you're being told a story about the world, and that story is sinking into your hearts. And I want you to notice this. I want you to notice how the news source that you watch affects your love or hate toward uh, other people, politicians, and maybe others who share opinions that are different than yours. This is to contrast, right, filling your life with the message of Jesus, which is one of love toward everybody and acceptance toward other people, even or maybe especially if they are different. Now, uh, this is a quote that you can see on the bottom uh, by Henry Nowen. and we don't have the projector installed yet, so I'm going to have (laughs) to paraphrase it for you. But Henry Nowen says this, when we're talking about the disciplines or, for our purposes, habits, we uh, are not taking control of our, of our hearts. What we are doing is we are creating space in our lives for God to act. So this is something like the, these habits that we have in our weeks and hopefully even in our days are creating space for God to do work inside of us. What I'm saying is, if you want to change from being a person who is greedy and a person who gets filled with rage into a person who is kind and tenderhearted, trying your hardest will not get you there. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to come in. You need to create space. So doing your daily Bible study every single day or maybe twice a day isn't going to change you and fill you with the life of Jesus. But what it can do is it can create space in your life for Jesus to come and fill and change your hearts. And when you look at these four things, I want you to notice where these things happen, hopefully, uh, at least on a weekly basis. Be thankful. Let the message of Jesus fill your life. Connect with each other, right, through teaching and counsel. Sing songs, right? these are all things that we do in church. So the idea is is that even by tuning in on Facebook Live or YouTube today, you're creating space for God to fill your life. It's like going to the gym. Well, again, we haven't been to the gym in a while, but it's like these routines of exercise, like you don't go to the gym once and, and arrive at this perfect being of health. In fact, Spiritual health, just like physical health, isn't something that you can achieve and check off your list. It's like it's a constant, ongoing thing that you you can never give up on. Uh, It's something that you'll do every day or every week. It's, It's a lifelong path. Physical health is a lifelong journey, just as spiritual health is a lifelong journey. And effort is not opposed to grace here. We're still saying that it's God who does the work. But we're also saying that it's so important to root yourselves uh, in a community, just as Paul points out here. And I want to now read you a story. So if you have your kids, you can uh, gather them around. This, uh, this is the pout, pout fish. And I've said before, I've been, I do a lot of reading, but a lot of my reading right now is the reading I do to my uh, one-year-old daughter. And I think this book is so profound, especially when we're talking about Transformation and formation and uh, a new identity that we're trying to live in, too. So, The Pout-Pout Fish by Deborah Deeson. And I'm not going to read the whole book. It's a little long, but I'm going to... We'll, we'll cover everything. Don't worry. Begins deep in the water where the fish hang out. Lives a glum, gloomy swimmer with an ever-present pouch. I'm a pout-pout fish with a pout-pout face. So I spread the dreary wearies all over the place. And if you know uh, this book, you guys can just say this along with me. Blub, blub, blub. The interesting thing about this book is people come along and try to change the pout-pout fish. So along comes a clam with a wide winning grin and a pearl of advice for her pal to take in. Hey, Mr. Fish, with your crosstown frown, don't you think it's time to turn it upside down? Says the fish to his friend, nice thought, Miss Clam. I hear what you're saying, but it's just the way I am. I'm a pout-pout fish with a pout-pout face, so I spread the dreary wearies all over the place. Blub, blub, blub. You see the statement of identity there? Uh, and do you see what doesn't change that identity? This unsolicited advice from Miss Clam, hoping to change who the pout-pout fish is and how the pout-pout fish behaves, advice doesn't do it. The next person to come along is a jellyfish. The jellyfish says, Hey, Mr. Fish, with your daily scaly scowl, I wish you wouldn't greet us with a grimace and a growl. So the jellyfish tries a slightly different approach. Uh, The jellyfish tells the fish how he wishes the pout, pout fish was, right? Like, and this is another thing that people can do to try to change people. Like, I wish you were different. The problem is, is if you want someone to be different or to change or to behave a certain way more than they want to be, it's not going to work. And it doesn't get to the root of it all. It doesn't get to the heart. It doesn't change an identity. He just responds, I'm a pout-pout fish. And so it's just the way I am. Next person to come along comes a squid. He says, hello, Mr. Fish, you kaleidoscope of mope. How about a little smile, a little joy, a little hope? Uh, The the squid here is trying to motivate, right, the pout-pout fish. Maybe even motivate through shame a little bit, which all the research says is not effective, using shame to motivate people. A lot of people try anyway, but even motivation doesn't change, or the pout-pout fish, inspiration isn't enough. Finally, we all know somebody like the octopus. Has anybody ever said this to you? Hey, Mr. Fish, let me tell it to you straight, right? He's going to speak some truth into the fish's life. Let's see if truth changes the fish. Your hulky-bulky sulking is an unattractive trait, says the fish to his friend, Mr. Ape My Chum. With a mouth like mine, I am destined to be glum. I'm a pout-pout fish with a pout-pout face, so I spread the dreary wearies all over the place. Is there any hope for our friend, Mr. Fish? Well, let's review quick. Uh, Unsolicited advice doesn't change anybody who comes next. The jellyfish, wanting things for other people, wishing that they were different, doesn't change anybody. Uh, Motivation, even inspiration, shaming, isn't going to change anybody's heart. Whacking people with the truth, not going to change anybody. But what? could, there's only one thing that can change the pout-pout fish, and that is a realization of who he is. And notice how it comes. Now along comes a fish and a silent silver shimmer. The gang has never seen before this bright and brilliant swimmer. She approaches Mr. Fish, but instead of saying hey, she plants a kiss upon his pout. And then she swims away. Mr. Fish is most astounded. Mr. Fish is just aghast. He is stone-faced like a statue. Then he blinks and speaks at last. My friend, said Mr. Fish, I should have known it all along. I thought that I was pouty, but it turns out I was wrong. Look how Mr. Fish's world has been turned upside down here. I'm a kiss-kiss fish with a kiss-kiss face for spreading cheery-cheeries all over the place. So I'll smooch, smooch, smooch. What changes Mr. Fish's behavior is a realization of who he truly is. Not a pout-pout fish, but a kiss-kiss fish. And how does he come to that realization? through an act of free, even undeserved, love. He is shown love, and he realized that he is lovable. He realized that he's not the greedy, idolatrous, full of rage person. That's not who he was created to be. Who he truly is is patient and kind and full of peace and tenderhearted. The new life of Jesus, the, the chosen people of God. That is who you are. And it only comes through acts of incredible love that is shown and felt and that pierces the heart. And my friends, that is what Jesus did for each of us. He didn't tell us to change. He actually gave us himself in an act of amazing, incredible, sacrificial love. He goes to the cross and he dies for us and he raises from the dead for us as well. But that's also our mission. That is what we are to do as people who love and follow Jesus. And the only way that people will realize who they truly are is if they experience that love. And once we've experienced that love, 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 how can we do anything but love other people in return? And so I want to finish with these last words from Paul. And whatever you do or say, do it as representatives of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to the Father. So what the pout-pout fish does is he goes around giving smooches. We're not going to do that, obviously. Even if there wasn't a pandemic, we wouldn't go around giving each other smooches. What we do is we act as representatives of Jesus. In other words, we love people the way that Jesus loved people. And the only way that we can truly live into that is if we experience that love for ourselves through him, from him, but also through other people. This is going to become vitally important in the next few months, because we are facing a time where there will be divisive forces in our world. And I'm not just talking about the election in November. One of the realities is that as we approach this uh, reconnection time of coming out of coronavirus is that people have different opinions and people have different ideas about how and when we should all come back together. And you're seeing these opinions on Facebook. And one of the things we are called to do as followers of Jesus is to remain unified and to love no matter what, to respect And accept people. And so we don't know exactly when we'll go back to live services. That matters far less to me than whether or not we stay unified. Again, that doesn't mean that everybody agrees. It doesn't mean that we won't have different opinions. But continue to love each other. Continue to love each other on Facebook. I want to challenge some of you to, to go back to your Facebook feeds where you can see only what you've posted, okay? I want you to look and scroll and see what you've posted over the last week or month or six months. If people only knew you through Facebook, what would they think is most important? Your family? Jesus? A political party? Would people see kindness and love? Or would they see combativeness? And Facebook is one of the primary ways we're all relating to each other. But of course, this is bigger than that. When you read what this new life looks like in community, Paul talks about forgiveness and unity and peace. And one of the amazing things, one of the beautiful things about our church and the Vineyard is we have a wide spectrum of experiences of beliefs, of politics. And so we will come back together someday uh, to be in person in the flesh. But remember that not everybody has the same thoughts or ideas as you, but we all have the same center. We have the same identity, and that is rooted on Jesus, not a political party or an opinion. This is what Paul is calling us to. This is what I am calling us to. And so one of the things that's going to be awkward, right, is we're going, to, we're going to see friends for the first time, and do you hug or not hug? That is the question. And people are going to have different comfortability levels, and we want to be able to respect that. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what to do. If you don't want to hug, just give the person who's approaching you the finger. Uh, let me teach you how to give them the finger. I, this might be because I'm a product of the 90s, but hey, hey. No, like we can be excited to see each other. And uh, I, I wanna, I'm gonna give you the finger, not for my sake, but for you. I just gave uh, the tech guys the finger, <laughs> this finger. No, I'm serious. Like this is, uh, uh, this is one of the ways we can love each other. We can respect where other people are at and how comfortable they are in, like, physical contact or closeness. And, you know, we're, we're going to be giving a, each other the finger a lot, I think, when we come back in person. So anyway, I just have to move on from that now. The point is, is that we are a people who have found ways to love like Jesus in a pandemic. And as we come out of the pandemic, don't forget to keep on loving like Jesus. So I don't know what to say coming out of this, but I love you guys, and uh, let's pray. Holy Spirit, keep us united. Change us at the identity level. Meet us now, form us. We just read how singing songs, how worshiping, how putting you at the center and ourselves taking a step out of the center makes us be more like Jesus. It makes us less self-centered. Like, let that be a fruit in our life as we worship. Help, uh, you know, help us realize how much you love us as we sing these songs about your love and about who you are. And so, again, we pray, come Holy Spirit, let your presence inhabit any space that we're in right now. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.